Yo, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of My Revolutionary Podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And today is a bonus episode as we are doing uh, two other mini sermons in between my Sunday ones as we are continuing a series called The Road to Easter. And today we're going to examine the road that Jesus took from Jerusalem out into the Mount of Olives the night after the Last Supper when he was betrayed by Judas. And there he did something, not only for us, but he also did something to model before us the importance of prayer. And not only that, also how to do it too. So let's do that and let's see what God has to say today. Welcome to part two of our series, The Road to Easter. My name is Pastor Tito. I'm grateful that you are here with me tonight as we are looking at a second road that Jesus took in route to the cross so that we can be able to learn how that life now marks us in our journey that we call life. And so in part one, which we did on Sunday, we talked about a road that Jesus took from the mountain of what was right in front of Jerusalem. It was Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives, all the way into Jerusalem. That was road number one that he took. And a few days later after he did that, that was on Sunday, a few days later, during the middle of the week while they were celebrating Passover, Jesus took the same route from the city this time back to that same mountain. And there was something that happened that day. And there was a conversation that Jesus had with his apostles that day. That still rings true today. And in fact, one, are we gonna, one of the things that we're going to look at is the reason why he went all the way back out of the city, back to the mountain, because that was a regular thing that Jesus did. It was custom for Jesus to take time to always spend in prayer with his father. Prayer was a big deal for Jesus. And all that Jesus did models for us how we are to follow him. And everything that he did shows us and helps us understand what matters in life. And prayer was a big deal for Jesus. In fact, we know that the more he had, well, when he had a big decision to make, or there was a big moment in his life, the more he prayed. All right? That's how important it was. And that's what happened this same night. Because that night, Jesus was going to be handed over to be falsely accused and then later crucified within a handful of hours. Okay, with just a couple of days. And so here Jesus goes and we're going to pick up where the Bible in Mark 14, starting in verse 32, after they had finished the Last Supper, this is where we're going to pick up from here. So I got it so you guys can read. Mark 14, 32 says this. They came to the place named Gethsemane, and he, being Jesus, told his disciples to sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death, so remain here and stay awake. He went a little further and fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. And here's a key word for today. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once again, he went away and prayed, saying the same thing. And again, he came and found them asleep because they could not keep their eyes open. 
and they did not know what to say to him. Then he came a third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The time has come. See, the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. So get up. Let's go. For see, my betrayer is near. So this is an interesting conversation, obviously, that Jesus had with his with his fellow apostles there that same night. And notice that it happened right after the communion and it was getting a little late there. But hey, the time was short. Jesus knew it was about to go down and he wanted to spend every last minute in prayer with his father because he knew that prayer would sustain him. It was his connection with his heavenly father that would sustain him in the same way. Prayer is meant to sustain us. And the thing that you saw, Peter, well, well, Peter was struggling. John, everybody was. So if, if you let me just say this way. If you've ever fallen asleep while praying at night, you're in good company. I know I'm not the only one. I know I've done that, right? Kind of feel guilty a little bit. Man, was like, all right, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm just going to pray and put my head on the pillow and you're gone, right? And then you wake up the next day and be like, my bad. Okay, my bad. So that happened to these guys. But there was something that Jesus said that was interesting because Jesus connected prayer with temptation, And there was that key phrase when he said that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, this is why prayer is so important for us because of that right there for the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Now, when Jesus says that he is not talking about how, you know what, we have a willpower, right? And maybe we don't have enough willpower. And, you know, there's things that we want to do, right? It's like, oh, I want to get my money right. I want to get this right. I want to get my health right. I want to be a better this, be a better that, accomplish this, accomplish that. And then when we want to do right, maybe it's eating better, let's just say. But then within, you know, three hours or whatever, you're like, nah, whatever, right? You don't have enough willpower, right? Because you're weak to temptation or this. Okay, that's kind of close, but not really. Okay. What Jesus is saying is not, look, I know you want to do better, but but you just can't. No. See, the spirit that he is talking about is the spirit of the living God. See, God, the spirit of God is willing to move in our lives. The spirit is willing and able to work in our lives. But the problem is our flesh is weak. See, this is, I know some pastors like to say it this way. I've heard it plenty of times that God does not have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. That's part of it. Why? Because, you know, the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing to speak to us, to show himself. But it is our flesh that is too weak. We are too easily bored and distracted. And we miss out on the very things that God wants to show and do in our lives. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And notice when he was saying, stay awake and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. See, the enemy knows that prayer is more powerful than you give it credit for. Now, the power is not in the prayer in and of itself. No, it's in the object of our faith. Okay, the the power that comes from prayer is not the act of praying. It is who you are praying to. He is the object. You know, that is what matters It's him. It's Christ himself. And so that is why it's so important, because if we don't learn to lean on the spirit, then it is very easy for us to slip 
and fall, to be distracted, and just to kind of, you know, things not to end well, just like it happened to them. That whole night, Jesus spent it in prayer, and God and the Spirit of the living God sustained him throughout that moment, the beatings and the crucifixion. Yet, these guys couldn't stay awake for two minutes, and when push come to shove, they ran, they took off, they abandoned Christ. They fell to that temptation. Same for us. See, the enemy knows if he can cut you out, right? If he can cut you off from God, then, you know, he got you in your sights because now you are too weak to fight him in your own strength because you can't. So the enemy tries to do two things. He's going to cut you off from your food supply and he's going to cut you off from your air supply. The food supply is God's word. The air supply is prayer. If he can cut you off of those two things right there, then you are going to be too weak to fight and battle because you can't in and of yourself. Now, I know prayer, we talk about why prayer is so important, but I know for some of you, it can be very intimidating. Like, well, I don't know what to say, right? You probably feel like the apostles, right? It was that, that one time Jesus comes and is like, again, guys, you're still sleeping? And Mark writes down, we didn't know what to say. We had no clue what to tell them. They had no clue what to say. I know I've been there too, and I know you, you've struggled with that too. It's probably why you don't pray, right? Because you don't know what to say. Well, see, Jesus has actually modeled before us and shown us how to pray. Not only that model prayer, right? Um, Hallowed be our name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've probably heard of that one. But see, God's word is full of prayers. And Jesus's prayer was written down. Notice Mark had it. And John actually wrote down another one of Jesus's prayers in John chapter 17, which was a prayer that he was praying in that same night. And one of the things that we see, well, actually two things that we're going to take from today is this, okay, because prayer is able to sustain us because it connects us to the God that sustains our soul. So how do we pray? Well, two ways. Jesus showed it to us. We've got to be personal and we got to be persistent. That's it. It's not that complicated. We overcomplicate it too much. Listen, we see Jesus. The, those two things characterize his prayer life. He was personal and persistent. Notice when he was saying that he was, he was emotionally distraught, distressed because of all the things that was weighing on him at the moment. And by the way, when, when Jesus was praying, Lord, take this cup from me. Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours be done. He was being very personal there. There was a desire in him that was like, if there's another way, I'm down, but I want your will. Now, God, I want you to know this, guys. Jesus was not afraid of the cross. He was not afraid of the pain he was going to experience from nails and all those things. No, it was his holy nature that would shudder with the understanding and the realization that he would have to associate with sin to bring us freedom. He who knew no sin had to become sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. And notice Despite Jesus's, if there's not, if there's a plan B, you know, but there wasn't that plan. It was always plan A and he knew it and he was fine with it. But that was important is that look how Jesus was. He was personal. He was very personal in all of his prayers. And that's something very unique that we need to be personal in our prayer. Don't worry about trying to impress God with your words, man. I'll no, just be personal, be raw, be real. All right. And there's plenty of good examples in there. Being personal is very important. You know, so if you don't know what to say, it's OK. All right. It's OK. Be personal. But the other one, persistent, though, 
persistent, not just calling to God and going to him every once in a while, not just when you pray, you know, when you go to bed and when you wake up, when you eat, the persistent thing is important because once you got the personal one down, which is easy, the next one is the persistent one. And so maybe some of you are like, well, I don't pray because I don't know what to say. Got it. Maybe you do. And I was like, well, I just don't pray because I, I, I feel bad because I know I should, but I don't. And because you're not persistent, you feel guilty. And so you don't pray anymore. Listen, no, being persistent is important. Jesus modeled how important it was to be persistent. Look how many times Jesus would come back three times and we'd go back and pray, back and pray, back and pray. He just kept on wanting to spend time with his father. And that models to us the importance of being persistent in our prayers. In fact, Paul encourages the Christians in first Thessalonians 517. He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Pray nonstop. All right. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to mutter under your breath and you're constantly having to talk to God or you can't talk to anybody else unless it's a prayer. This is not like that. When he says pray without ceasing or pray without stopping, it's really this. It's a mindset. It's an understanding that you have this open line of communication with God. That's what that means. Oh, and by the way, prayer is not always you talking. Prayer sometimes is just sitting, it's listening, it's enjoying. Look, I know I'm not the only one, right? When you've been on your phone with your significant other and you be like, you just be on the phone, you don't know what to say, but at least you're on the phone. Maybe you're watching TV and I know I was really corny. Me and my wife were corny back in the day when we used to do that. And we would watch TV because we were 15 and we couldn't drive to our own houses and stuff like that. And we're just watching TV and I got my phone, she got her phone. We're just on the line. We're, we're talking and then maybe we won't say something for a minute, but then we talk. That's really prayer. It's not just you talk, 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 talk. Sometimes it's it's leaning in. It's listening. It's enjoying God. And it's very important. If I, if I can put it this way, let me give you one analogy of being personal. I think you got, but persistent. Okay. What about this? Have you ever been on the phone and you're talking to someone in a drive-thru and you're going up and it's your turn to order, but you've been talking this whole time and it's now it's your turn. They go, oh, hello, can you make it? Right. And they do the order thing. And then have you ever said, hey, hold on one second. And you put your phone down, you lean up, make your order. And then you begin and you continue your conversation. Have you ever done that? Right. That's really it. We are called to have God on the line, like have that understanding that he's there, always there. And being persistent is like that. It doesn't mean that you have to have this crazy streak that you're constantly talking and yak, yak, yak. No, it just means that even if you got to bring your attention to something or to someone else, He's on the line. He's the, the line is open. Your heart is open. You are aware that he is there. That's what it means to pray without stopping. But it's important. Guys, listen, it's important to pray without ceasing because you and I are tempted without ceasing. We got to pray nonstop because the enemy is nonstop. The, our enemy does not have an off day. They're constantly trying to cut you off from your source constantly. They don't take days off. And so we shouldn't take a day off from interacting and enjoying our God. And plus, listen, your flesh does not have an off button. Your flesh doesn't have an off button. And by flesh, I mean the thing inside of you that hungers and desires for everything that is not God. And remember, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. That's why it's so important, guys, to be personal and persistent because we are attacked nonstop, tempted nonstop, struggling nonstop. And so that is why we shouldn't stop reaching out to our God, reaching out in prayer. That's why this is so important. More than just asking a blessing for food, 
more than just God, you know, going to God in emergencies. No, prayer is more than that. It is a, the lifeblood. It is our lifeblood. It is our open line of communication between us and God. And plus, here's the big thing. Because see, Jesus' prayer life shows us what it's like to depend on, God, on the Father fully. And the same thing, guys, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to be real. When you choose not to pray about something, when you want to make a decision in your life or this or that, and I'm talking to believers right now. If you choose to do things in your life and you don't include God, you're not aware of God, you don't submit it to him. And it's like you're telling God, I don't need you. I got this. When you don't pray, it's like you're telling God, I, can, I got it. I, I got it from here, Jesus. Thank you. If I need you, I'll call you. That's what it's like. That's what it's like not to pray. And that sounds very silly, but you know what? It's really this. Your refusal to pray and saying, God, I don't need you, is like you taking one big breath of air and then telling the rest of the air around you, I don't need this oxygen. I got enough right here. Of course not. See, listen, guys, prayer is like breathing. It's constant. It's flow. It's in. It's out. That's what prayer is. Prayer is spiritually breathing. It is depending on Christ to sustain you in the same way that you and I have to rely on external food to sustain us. And we rely on the external oxygen in the air to sustain us. We pray to our father, to our heavenly father. We pray to our spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we pray to Christ to sustain us because we cannot without him. And so I want to challenge you to continue, all right? No matter where you're at with your prayer streak and whatnot, listen, press on. Press on in prayer. Keep going. Learn to be personal. Learn to be persistent. Press on without stopping because we saw the consequences. The spirit is willing, flesh is weak. God is willing to move in your life. And prayer is the beginning. Prayer is that point when we do it in faith with the right motives. With the And again, that's part of the prayer thing, all right? Because we need the right motives to pray. And the spirit of the living God works in us to do that. Again, he is willing. But are we willing to press on? In prayer, to tap into a strength that is greater than anything else we can find. That's what Jesus experienced, and that's what we can too. He modeled that. So we need to press on in our prayer because God is willing, our flesh is weak, and we need to also press on when we feel pressed. See, that's the important one, guys. Prayer helps us to press on, it helps us to keep going when things get difficult. And that's why it's so important to press on, even when we feel pressed, even when we feel like I'm pressed for time. I don't got time to pray. Uh, no, you can't afford not to. OK, well, I'm pressed for time. Well, all right, well, I'm just too depressed to pray. You can't afford not to. OK, you, you're just too stressed to pray. No, no, no. You can't afford not to. You need him. See, that's the enemy trying to cut you off. Put that lie on like, oh, you don't need that meaning. You don't need to pray, meaning you don't need God. No, we do. We need him more than we think, especially when we feel pressed. And let me tell you, that's what happened to Jesus on this road. He was pressed, yet he pressed on. How did he press on? Through prayer. And let me tell you, Jesus was literally physically pressed. The scriptures say and the gospels say that Jesus was sweating blood because he was so stressed and he was experiencing such trauma just in the middle of that prayer. It was so overwhelming, which is actually a medical thing where if under high stress, your blood, you know, are, you know, different things in here. I don't know how to proper way to say it, but you can actually pop some blood vessels. And as you pray, as you sweat, you can actually sweat out blood. That's how stressed he was. But he knew. Because of what I'm experiencing, I need my father. 
I can't do this alone. You and I can't do this alone. See, he modeled that before us. And that's why it's so important. And I love the significance of where Jesus prayed that night. See, the Mount of Olives was called Gethsemane, which literally means oil press. See, I'm sure, I'm sure you know this. You can take, you take olive oils and uh, olives and to, and to get the oil, you got to press the olives and out comes the oil. Same thing with grapes, right? You want to get the juice? You got to press the juice or press the grapes to get the juice. Diamonds are pressed under high pressure and that's how they're formed. And seeds are pressed under the ground and that's where it cracks and the life comes out. See, when you are feeling pressed, and like I said, if you're in this world, we are constantly pressed against between darkness, temptation, this, that, so many things that are coming against us. But when we press on in prayer, especially when we're pressed, it is the hand of God that is willing and able to form us, shape us, deliver us and develop us and draw out of us to draw out of us only the things that he can do that and to continue to mold us and shape us into his image. God is willing to move in your life. All you have to do is be willing to call on him in prayer and depend on him. That's what it means to pray without ceasing is to depend on Christ fully, continually, all the time. Because number one, we need it. And number two, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. So in the same way that Jesus ended when he looked at his apostles and said, listen, enough, get up, let's go. My betrayer is near. I want to tell you right now, wherever you are, to lift your head up and go and pray to your heavenly father. Because listen, your enemy is near. Your enemy is near, waiting for you, inviting you, tempting you, enticing you not to lean on Christ, not to lean on God, but on you, on him. No, enough, enough with that. Get up, look up, go, pray. Because your enemy is near, but pray because your heavenly father is near. Your savior is here. The spirit of the living God is willing and able. So what are you waiting for? Press in on prayer. Depend on God fully. And he will continue to develop you and deliver you, form you as you constantly are growing in your relationship with God. Knowing that he has made all things right between him and you. If you have called on the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you called on Jesus to save you one day, keep calling him every single day. Lean on him. You need him in the same way that you need the air to breathe. Pray. Press on. Depend on God, knowing that God never disappoints anyone who fully depends on him. The takeaway from today, press on in prayer. Press on in prayer. Be personal, all right? And, all right, remember the other one, personal, persistent, both together. Press on in prayer, all right? It is better and more powerful than you can imagine because, again, it's not the prayer itself. It's who we are praying to, okay? You and I need to fully totally depend on our God. Okay. That's the relationship that we have. Prayer should not be a panic button that we run to when, you know, like if it was 911. No, prayer is not a panic button. It is a relationship that we pursue. 
okay just like any relationship especially for example marriage communication is the key to healthy relationships and that it's, it's the same thing for, for your relationship with God. It's the same thing, okay? And it's more important. So I want to challenge you this week or in the next couple of days, press on in prayer, all right? Don't just do it for lunch and dinner and breakfast, going to bed, waking up. Try to begin to have conversations with God. Ha be aware of Him. And if you don't know what else to do when it comes to your prayer, hey, add the Word of God. Pray as you read the word of God, okay? That's important one. His words can inspire and give you words, okay? That's what a revolutionary, the kind that Jesus is looking for, are people who are personal and persistent in their prayers. All right, so I want to challenge you to do that, and I'll see you next time.